and welcome to this special edition of Everybody's Got One, the funeral edition. So, I've asked the main contributors, 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 you know what I mean, of the After Dark podcast network to tell me how they would like uh, to be laid to rest. Morbid, I know, but God forbid any of them pop the clog soon. People don't know how they want to be buried and whatever, and people do the burials, how they feel that they wanted them done. And I just thought, I'm 45 now, feeling the aches and pains, bit of arthritis in my little finger, my right hip's knackered. Could drop dead at any minute. So, on this cheery episode, um, hopefully we're going to have this After Dark represented, Universal After Dark, everybody's got one, two tribes, Morlando, uh, half and half scarves, uh, breaking bollocks, um, Biff, Pow, Boff, uh, every, every podcast in the network. It's going to be uh, represented. So I'm going to represent everybody's got one. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to the other people to on the other podcasts to represent them on them, if you know what I mean. So I am a good Catholic boy, so I would like a full uh, Catholic mass service to full it. Vulgalia. Now, I've always said I wanted cremating, but the more I read up on it, the more it's not really very green. It's you know you get embalmed, all all that stuff all gets burned, all noxious chemicals going into the atmosphere and all that palaver. So I think I'd like a green burial now, and. There's, I don't know if they're out yet in the UK, hopefully they will be, like burial pods, where you're buried in the fetal position, curled up in a ball underneath a tree. So, last, no, in 2017, there was 533,000 deaths in the United Kingdom, and the vast majority of them were cremations. Now, imagine... If they were buried in woodlands and um, burial pods and whatnot, you would be planting vast swathes of forest land and and woodlands and and you could have meandering paths, big green belts and and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, it's a bit more greener. I'd have a wicker coffin, something like that, that'll break down dead easily, dead cheap. Cardboard, I don't care. But one of these pods, maybe. Um, and then my Buffy, uh, I'd be quite happy just to have it in St Paul's Club. But there would be um, Glen Farkle's single malt whiskey on tap for anyone and everyone. Well, all the ale would be free, but there'd be whiskey for all and that leads me nicely on to my three songs that I've picked uh, so 
The first song I've picked is Funeral by Lucas Graham. And I've picked this because me and Grace quite morbidly will often talk about my funeral in the car as because Grace loves Lucas Graham. We listen to Lucas Graham in the car all the time. And then when this song comes on, it talks about having whiskey and at the funeral and being put in your suit and all that type of stuff. Quite morbid, I know, but I think it's important to talk about death with your kids and, and stuff like that because you're not going to be around forever. Um, so I would open it up with that one and then I would honour my eldest, our Eve, um, with Father and Daughter by Paul Simon. Now, Eve, obviously the oldest, firstborn, um, this song sums up basically when you see that baby for the first time. Uh, I'd only ever held one baby, and that was Rebecca Miller, before Eve was born. And Eve come out, and the nurse said, do you want to hold the baby? And I was like, um... And the, <laughs> I didn't, because I didn't know how to hold the baby, but she just basically threw Eve at me. So as the first time I held Eve, I just fell head over heels in love with her. And uh, this... I used this film obviously come out, uh, it would be through the Wild Thornberries. It's it's off the Wild Thornberries movie. I think that came out in 2001, something like that. Eve was born in 2004. But that song literally sums everything up about falling in love with your daughter the first time you lay eyes on it. Um, so, now, the last song that I'm picking is Love Is All Around by Wet Wet Wet. And this is for my beautiful wife, my wife, because on our wedding night, I had one job. On our wedding, I had one job. Kerry did everything, as you all well know, but I had to pick the wedding song. So we agreed on this because of four weddings and a funeral and all that palaver. It was huge. This song was at number one for like 16 weeks. We started seeing each other. 93, I think this come out in 93, 94, sometime around then. So, uh, I sent Stuart, the best man, off to tell the DJ to play this. The biggest song of the 90s, the DJ didn't have it. Now, Stuart will be screaming at this, because again, I can't remember what our wedding song was. Stuart knows it's etched in his brain, because <laughs> he picked it. Um, but, this is the wedding song we should have had. And if we do get round to renewing our wedding vows at uh, Walt Disney World one day, you're all invited. Um, that is the song that we will dance to. So there's no more fitting way than to be laid to rest in my pod, in my forest. And I mean, Walt Disney World, you're missing a trick. You could be carbon neutral. All them Disney fans... You could just plant a forest. I think I'd like to be in the Highlands of Scotland because that's where my heart really does lie. Uh, well, Disney World is a close second. But Disney World, just think about it. Great big forest of Disney nerds all buried with trees growing out of the red. It'd be absolutely boss. Anyway, I've said enough. You're all welcome to my funeral. The whiskies are on me. 
And then uh, we can traipse up to Scotland and stick me in the ground with a tree on my head. So uh, I don't know who's next because up to now only Colin has recorded his segment and he's getting the honour of ending out this episode. So thank you very much to all the other collaborators and hopefully there's more than just me and Colin. Au revoir. Sorry, it's me and back again dead quick. All the songs that people uh, talk about will be available as a playlist on Spotify and Apple Music for the most depressing playlist you'll ever hear in your life. Uh, so, au revoir again. Dead, dead, dead. Someday you'll be dead. So Craig asked me to plan my own funeral. I'm not sure if that's something I should be worried about or not. Uh, hello, my name is Paul, Paul Brill, and I do a podcast called Better Call Paul on uh, A Musician's Diary, on the now on the After Dark Network. I'm also on The Bollocks Report and Breaking Bollocks with my son Theo. And I responded to this thing. Um, about planning your own funeral I haven't really I mean I haven't actually planned it out like but I've got some ideas about and I've always thought about how I would like in actual fact I couldn't give a shit what people do at my funeral because I'm not going to be there my body might be but I won't be in it at that point um, and I won't know anything about it so um, my contribution to this episode I think then is going to be quick discussion of some of the songs that I would have that I have at times decided I would like played followed by the one that I've actually decided um, ended up um, settling on as a result of thinking about it properly and a reading that I would like done and I'll I'm going to chuck a bit of my piano music at you as well um, so yeah in the past I've one of the songs that I've always kind of considered for it is Who Wants to Live Forever by Queen. Queen being my favourite band for uh, a lot of my teenage years and a lot of my life. Um, <coughs> sorry, I'm dying at the moment. Quite fit, quite fitting, I know. Um, it would be... There's that, and these are the days of our lives, are the obvious ones, but to be honest... I think that's possibly a little depressing. And I know there are some, quite a few people I know actually, who, who including my, my wife, who uh, would like always look on the bright side of life, Monty Python. Um, and again, yeah, I can see the comedic value of that. But I personally, I'm going to reveal what I would like played at the end. I suppose it would be a humanist ceremony. Um, I, I really would not like to have a religious ceremony because because I'm not religious um, now. And my granddad's funeral, I uh, I played the piano for the hymns at his funeral, and I believe my mother 
who is still around at the moment, and that's going to be a fucking nightmare. Not a nightmare, but, you know, it's going to be a, a real ordeal for me. I remember playing the piano at his funeral and, uh, you know, keeping it together and focusing and, and playing as expected. It was the I did that because it, I offered to do it because it was the best I could offer. Um, my brother did the spiel about him um, and did brilliantly at it, but I, I played the piano and kept it together until... I got outside and basically collapsed in a heap <laughs> um, into my mother's arms. We all had a good cry. Yeah, so that's a similar thing. I'll, I'll be playing the piano at hers, and I'm expecting that to be a religious ceremony because she still is religious. Having, yeah, as I said, that would I would be my ceremony would be a humanist thing, um, and I suppose I would like people to. I mean, obviously, people are going to be upset. You can't not be. At least I would hope they would be upset. But I would like them to remember the the fun times. Um, do you know, I'm struggling here to plan a whole funeral because I really don't care. I'm not going to be there. It's for the people that are, that are left behind. There are two things only that I would like done at my funeral. Um... And I think they are for two for the two most important aspects of what has been my wonderful life, certainly over the last seventeen years since I've been with my wife. My wife. Um the first is a reading from a book which would bring back very fond memories that I have with my children when they were younger. Um, there was a period of about a year or two where they were at just the right age, both of them were at just the right age for me to read to them each night before they went to bed. Um, they both they were both in the same bedroom in bunk beds. Um, and I used to read, I remember I read through all of Harry Potter to them, but this particular reading is from a very it, it will remind them of a very fond memory we had we all ended up in tears at the end of this but I'm going to read it and hopefully I'll keep it together while I read it and then at the end of it I will tell you what song I would like played um, I'm presuming that I'll probably be cremated um, you know it'd be great if they wanted to scatter my ashes from the top of a roller coaster because that would really <laughs> suit me but um obviously I might blow back in their faces and up their nostrils and stuff which would be quite funny um but in any case I'll read this reading out and then I'll tell you what the song is that I would like them to send my coffin through the curtains to as people are trying to recover bear with me oh a short thing first, before we got to it. Um, a quote from Ricky Gervais. Remember, when you are dead, you do not know you are dead. It is only painful for others. The same applies when you are stupid. Um, I'm sure we could fit that somewhere into the ceremony, but this is the, the reading that I would most like read out, and it is from the last chapter of the Winnie the Pooh books in which Christopher Robin and Pooh come to an enchanted place, and we leave them there. 
This is the very last chapter of the Pooh stories, and we know it is an ending because Christopher Robin is going away. Nobody quite knows where he is going, or even how they know that he is going in the first place. But he's definitely going somewhere, and everyone knows that things are going to be different. Upon hearing the news, Rabbit feels that he must take action, and so he writes out a notice to let everyone know that there is going to be a meeting at Pooh Corner so the animals can pass a resolution. He reads the notice out to all the inhabitants of the forest, and they all say they will come, even Eeyore, who expresses surprise that he is invited at all. But Rabbit says not to mind Eeyore, so they don't. Once the animals have gathered together, they all sit down, and Rabbit stands up. He says that he has asked Eeyore to propose a resolution, and then says, Now then, Eeyore. Eeyore stands up and asks not to be, Now then and then proceeds to make a speech he has prepared earlier. The thrust of Eeyore's speech is that he is announcing a surprise poem. Hitherto all the poetry in the forest has been written by Pooh, a bear with a pleasing manner but a positively startling lack of brain. The poem which I am now about to read to you was written by Eeyore, or myself, in a quiet moment. If somebody will take Rue's bullseye away from him and wake up Owl, we shall all be able to enjoy it. I call it Poem. And so Eeyore reads out his poem, and it is a goodbye poem for Christopher Robin, with all the animals sending their love to him. And very good it is too, even if one or two of the rhymes are a bit on the wobbly side. Once he has finished reading, Eeyore lets everyone know that now would be a good time to clap, and everyone claps, and Eeyore thanks them for their unexpected and gratifying appreciation. Pooh graciously says that Eeyore's poem is much better than Pooh's own poetry, and Eeyore says that it was meant to be better. Rabbit says they should all sign the poem and then give it to Christopher Robin before he goes wherever it is that he's going, and that will be their resolution. All the animals sign the poem so that it reads, Pooh, Wall, Piglet, Eeyore, Rabbit, Kanga, Blot, and Smudge. And then they set off for Christopher Robin's house. Christopher Robin answers the door and says hello, and all the animals say hello back a little sadly because they know they are saying goodbye. After a little bit of silence, Eeyore is nudged to the front, and he stammers and stutters and makes a bit of a mess of saying goodbye. He turned around angrily on the others and said, Everybody crowds round so in this forest. There's no space. I never saw a more spreading lot of animals in my life and in all the wrong places. Then he all says that Christopher Robin clearly wants to be alone and heads off home. The other animals slowly start to shuffle after him and by the time Christopher Robin has finished reading poem, only Pooh is left. Christopher Robin says, Come on, to Pooh, and they head outside. After they've walked for a while, Christopher Robin asks Pooh what he likes doing best, and Pooh has a think about this for a while to try to decide whether he likes eating honey best, or whether he prefers the moment just before you begin to eat honey, although he doesn't know what that's called. But then he thinks that being with Christopher Robin is very friendly, and being with Piglet is also grand, and so in the end, he says that what he likes best is for him and Piglet to go and see Christopher Robin, and having a little something, and it being a hummy sort of day with the birds singing. Christopher Robin says that he likes that too, but his favourite thing of all is to do nothing. Pooh ponders that for a bit and then asks Christopher Robin how you actually do nothing. Christopher Robin explains that nothing is what happens when people ask you what you're going to do and you say, 
Oh, nothing. And then you go and do it. And Pooh says, Oh, I see. And Christopher Robin further explains that it just means walking along and listening to things you can't hear and not bothering. So Christopher Robin and Pooh carry on walking and they walk up to an enchanted place on top of the forest called Galleon's Leap, where there are 60-something trees all in a circle. Christopher Robin knows that it is enchanted because nobody has ever been able to work out whether there are 63 trees in all or 64, not even when they tied a piece of string around each tree as they counted it. In this enchanted place, you can see the whole world spread out around you. Christopher Robin starts to tell Pooh about all kinds of things, kings and queens and factors and islands and Europe and how you make a suction pump if you want to, and how knights are knighted and things that come from Brazil. Pooh leans back against one of the trees and listens with his paws folded in front of him, and thinks how good it would be to have proper brain that could tell you things instead of fluff. When Christopher Robin has finished telling Pooh about all of these exciting things, Pooh asks him about the afternoon's part, and whether it is very grand to be an afternoon. And after a few moments of confusion, Christopher Robin explains that a night, rather than an afternoon, is not as grand as a king, but grander than factors. Pooh wants to know if a bear could be a knight, which of course he could be, so Christopher Robin knights Pooh with a stick and says, Rise, Sir Pooh the Bear. Pooh thanks him and sits down again and goes off into a bit of a dream for a while. And this is the bit that um, that really got to us, you know, this my kids were like seven and eight they were on the edge of their beds just kind of staring at me taking it all in and and this was where I introduced them as opposed to the concept of grieving Um, suddenly Christopher Robin interrupts Pooh's musings and tells Pooh that he's not going to be doing nothing anymore or at least not so much because he won't be allowed Christopher Robin says to Pooh that when he You know, when he's not allowed to do nothing anymore, he would like Pooh to come up to the enchanted place sometimes. Pooh says, Just me? And Christopher Robin says, Yes. And Pooh asks Christopher Robin if he will be there with him. And Christopher Robin says that he will really. Christopher Robin then asks Pooh to promise to never, not ever, forget about him. Not even when he is 100 and Pooh is 99. Pooh promises to never forget. Christopher Robin looks out at the world and asks Pooh to understand whatever happens. And Pooh asks what it is he needs to understand. And Christopher Robin says, never mind. And then come on. And Pooh says, where to? And Christopher Robin says, anywhere. So they went off together. But wherever they go, and whatever happens to them on the way, in that enchanted place, on the top of the forest... A little boy and his bear will always be playing.
And at that point, I would like them to play Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Someday you'll be dead. Hello, this is Stuart. Craig's given us another task, another one of his weird and wonderful tasks. This time, he wants us to organise our own funeral. That's a little bit dark, I know, but, well, that's what Craig is. <laughs> um, he said he doesn't want anybody to know what the other person's doing. He's just going to put them all together and play them on the podcast. So neither of us know what the other's doing. So I'm going to do it my way, which is I am going to uh, host my own funeral. You don't host a funeral. I'm going to run proceedings on my own funeral. I'm going to act as the vicar at my own funeral. So here we go. Bit dark, bit dark, but I'm still alive. Ladies and gents, we are gathered here today to say goodbye to Stuart, a loving husband, devoted father, and a loyal friend. He loved nothing more than spending time with his family, whether it was family days out with friends, trips to the cinema, bowling alley, or even just movie nights at home with a chippy tea. As long as he was with his family, Stuart was content. Stuart leaves behind his beloved wife, Rochelle, who we met in high school, they've been together since they were 17 years old and have been a couple every day since. He always said he was so lucky finding the love of his life at an early age, meaning they got to spend so many years together. They really were soulmates. They got married in Cyprus in 1999 and live happily in their hometown of Brombra. Their life was blessed when Michelle fell pregnant and Rebecca was born in 2001. Pretty dresses, pamper parties and dance classes shortly followed. Stuart doted on Rebecca and she was definitely a daddy's girl. Life was good for this little family and they decided maybe it was time Rebecca had a little brother or sister. And in 2005 Matthew was born and now Stuart could push to one side the frilly tutus and start looking forward to teaching his son football and computer games. Matthew soon shared Stuart's love of Liverpool Football Club. Michelle was cruelly raised as an Everton fan and Stuart wants to make sure that same horrible fate didn't befall Matthew. Although they didn't go to regularly to Anfield, they loved watching the game on TV together and they really were the perfect family. Everything was going great until 2016 when their world turned upside down, when Michelle was diagnosed with breast cancer. Michelle was Stuart's rock and vice versa. For the first time, Stuart had to consider what life would be like without his beloved wife. He didn't like what the worst case scenario held for the Miller family. Luckily, Michelle sailed through her mastectomy operation and all her cancer treatments. She went through without complaint and she had a I'll do what I need to do to beat this attitude. This was when Michelle became not only Stuart's wife and best friend, 
but also his hero. He couldn't believe her unbelievable strength throughout this period. Luckily, Michelle beat cancer, and although she lost her breast, they hadn't lost each other. And they learned from that scare to live life to the full, because you really don't know just what's around the corner. Stuart's biggest success came in 2020, when he and his best friend Craig's podcast called Two Tribes overtook Half and Half Scarves to become the most successful football podcast in the UK, with over 100,000 downloads every week. Stuart wasn't really a religious person. He never really took the time to consider his beliefs. He just said he was Church of England because that's what his mum told him he was. I'll find out when I die was his attitude. He wasn't mean with his money, and in fact he loved shopping, but he liked to shop around to find the best price. Which is why he's being cremated today in this hot point fridge freezer cardboard box. And his ashes are to be sprinkled in the Mersey on the crossing from Liverpool to his beloved Wirral. He insists this is done during off-peak, as the peak time prices are scandalous. So now... As the coffin proceeds to the furnace, Stuart wanted this song to be played. The lyrics are everything he would want to say to his beloved Michelle. Did I disappoint you or let you down? Should I be feeling guilty or let the judges frown? Because I saw the end. Before we'd begun, yes, I saw you blinded, and I knew I had one. So I took what's mine by eternal right, took your soul out into the night. It may be over, but it won't stop there. I am here for you if you'd only my heart, you touched my soul, changed my life and all my goals, and love is blind and that I knew it, my heart was blinded by you, I've kissed your lips and held your hand, shared your dreams and shared your bed, I know you well, I know your smell, I've been addicted to you, goodbye my lover, goodbye my friend, you have been the one. You have been the one for me Goodbye, my lover Goodbye, my friend You have been the one You have been the one for me After this service, Michelle would like to invite you all back to the Bromborough Royal British Legion for a few drinks to celebrate Stuart's life. As most of you know, Bromborough Legion holds many fond memories for the Millers and Watterson family Every time there was an occasion that required a function room, that was their hall of choice. Most memorably for Stuart was at Michelle's 18th birthday party, where they did a slowy dance for the first time together. Stuart's life was perfect, and he had no regrets. In Michelle, he chose the perfect girl to fall in love with. They had two amazing children, both Rebecca and Matthew made him glow with pride every single day and they made amazing friends along their journey, especially Craig, who insisted he should get his own mention. 
as we leave the crematorium now, we're going to play out with one of Stuart's favourite Beatles songs. Very apt. There you go, Craigie baby. Oh, that was horrible. Don't do anything like this again. Next time, can we do favourite cartoon characters or something? That was horrible. But I'm still alive! I'm alive! Dead, dead, dead. Someday you'll be dead. I'm Colin from the Half and Half Scarves podcast. Craig has asked me to record this for an episode of Ego about your own funeral. It could be thought of as a bit morbid, but ultimately I guess it's reality. That's right, you're all going to die. Have a great day. So how would I like to be disposed of? I like my means of disposal like I like to cook my frozen pizzas. Burnt to cinders. 100% I want to be cremated. Um, It's quick. It's easy, doesn't really require any post-service maintenance, except picking up what's left and then one quick visit to Richmond Park, where I wish to be dumped somewhere to live with the wildlife, and ruin early morning walkers' freshly brewed cafe lattes on a windy day. Onto the service itself, I'm not a religious person at all, so I would pick a humanitarian service. Ideally, someone with a sense of humour. Hopefully, some friends or family might say something nice. And that would be that. Now, on to the important part, the music. I'm a huge music fan. It's played a massive part in my life. Perhaps this is a bit weird, I don't know. But my funeral music is something that I've thought about and tweaked for quite a long time now. Because I don't want that to be wrong. Craig specified just three three songs though, so that's that's quite difficult. But after a lot of thought, I have decided on the three. The first piece of music that I've picked is for when I'm brought into the crematorium. It's the Liquidator by Harry J All Stars. Anyone that listens to the podcast, you can find it at www.halfandhalfscarfspodcast.com or anyone that knows me will know that I support Chelsea Football Club. Massive 
part of my life. Um, they make me angry. They ruin my weekends, but they've also given me some of my best memories. Uh, the liquidator is the music that the Chelsea team come on the pitch to, and you know it means it means the world to me. So I definitely want that in there. The second piece of music I've chosen is "Atmosphere" by the Mighty Joy Division. There's a link with Death in it, really, as it was released after the death of Ian Curtis. The video, if you remember it or if you've seen it. It's kind of got a funeral feel to it, the way they filmed it. If you haven't seen the video, I recommend you run to YouTube and find it. Um, atmosphere, it's beautiful. It touches me immensely. It can make me cry. It can send shivers down my spine. It's dark. It's emotional, but it's also uplifting. It's just a wonderful piece of music. So the last piece of music is by the best band of all time. Now, the debate about the best band of all time is one that music fans, you know, they love to discuss. Is it the Beatles, Stones, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin? All valid choices except Pink Floyd because Pink Floyd are shit. I'm going to end that debate right now, once and forever. The best band of all time are, of course, The Fall. Marky e. Smith's wonderfully unique and relentless vehicle for the, for the noises going on in his head. The Fall have been with me since I discovered them maybe 15, maybe maybe 20 years ago. They've always been there. They're the one band that uh, were consistent, I suppose, even though they weren't really consistent, but you didn't really know what to expect. It was just brilliant every time. And like, even after I stopped buying records and started using streaming services, I still bought the albums that the Fall would put out and they put out a lot of records, a lot. I couldn't imagine my funeral without Marky Smith and the Fall. I've chosen Billy's Dead as my final piece of music. It's not necessarily my favourite Fall song, but seems like the one that best fits the mood. It's like a, it's a rare example of Marky Smith actually sort of trying to sing rather than like machine gun his words over the music it's a lovely piece of music it's a lovely song and it's perfect for the end as for the after party i'm not really fussed to be honest people can go where they want you know go to a boozer a bar a restaurant someone's house wherever they want really maybe have a playlist of the music i liked in the background oh and now i don't really have a preference as long as people have a good time and that's that my funeral cue the music Someday you'll be dead, 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 dead. Someday we'll all be dead. The minute we're born, we start dying. We die a little more every day. Young or old, rich or poor, there's nothing we can do to stop it. So look long at that Christmas tree, it may be the last one that you see. Decorate your house in green and red Cause someday you'll be dead Dead, dead, dead Someday you'll be dead Dead, dead, dead Someday we'll all be dead 
It might happen in a couple months or fifty years from now. But no matter when it happens, it will seem too soon to you. So be sure on Christmas Eve when you snuggle into bed that you thank God for your family, 'cause someday they'll be dead, 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 dead. Someday they'll be dead, 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 dead. Someday we'll all be dead. Who knows how many Christmases are left in their short life? Nobody knows. That's my point. Enjoy them while you can. And so on Christmas morning, let good tidings fill your head. What a festive season! Someday you'll be dead, 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 dead. Someday we'll be dead, 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 dead. Everyone you know, dead. A very merry Christmas to you, Dad. Dad. Merry Christmas, everybody. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.